0: So you want to be a champion? You better first learn how to prepare like a champion. Everybody wants to win, but not everyone's willing to compete to win. Since you're here, that means you're one who will, who will show up, who will compete, who will do the work day after day until you succeed. And that means I'm excited to start the day with you. My name is Jake Thompson, I'm the Chief Encouragement Officer here at Compete Every Day, and I'm on a mission to empower, encourage, and equip driven people just like yourself with the knowledge and motivation to compete every day for the things that matter and the people they love. This is the Compete Every Day Podcast. So you want to be a champion? You better learn to prepare like a champion first. I've shared before that the importance of preparation is key if we want to be leaders. We can't just show up to big opportunities and expect to capitalize on them unless we've done the right work beforehand. You wouldn't walk into a client pitch meeting without preparing your notes and slides, would you? You wouldn't walk onto the field for the big game without a week or longer of practice, would you? And you definitely wouldn't show up on a big race day without training for it, would you? Okay, maybe maybe that was a bad example if you've read my book and know my experience with half marathons. But of course, none of us would. We know that to prepare for big moments, for competitions, for sales pitches, like we have to prepare for it. But how we prepare is just as important as making sure that we do prepare. And most of us are failing to prepare effectively. What I want to do this morning is share a quick step-by-step key to ensuring that you are properly preparing for your big moment. You're not walking in trying to wing it. You're not just glancing through the cliff notes and trying to just roll in and ad-lib it. You are preparing like a champion so that you can perform like one. The first thing you have to do is identify all the pieces. Identify all the pieces. So pull out a sheet of paper Not if you're driving, obviously, but if you're at home, if you're in your office listening to this, pull out a sheet of paper and identify everything that needs to go into your next performance, the next pitch, the next presentation, the next athletic competition, whatever it is, identify everything. Outline the things that you need to create, what information you need to research, the things you need to know. Practice the different skills. If you're in a competition, what might come up? Practice all the skills. Go above and beyond writing down everything that goes into this opportunity. What you want to do is get it all on paper. Anything and everything that could happen, everything you need to know, every question or challenge you may come across, put it all down on paper. Let's identify it so that on game day, whatever that game day is, there are no surprises. So number one, identify everything. Number two, identify what a win looks like. Write down what it would look like to get that win. We talked about here on the show recently about the importance of defining success. And many of us, we skip this step. We assume that a victory on the scoreboard or the client automatically saying yes is the win. But that factors in uh, a few things outside of our control. Our win should actually focus on what it will look like for us to get a win, regardless of whether that client is ready to buy or not. Think about it from my speaking standpoint. I've already sold the client. I'm at the event. I'm speaking on stage. So a win for me is not getting the presentation. The win for me is nailing the talk. Did I hit the pauses the way I wanted to? Did my voice and my tone go up and down? Did my flow change? Did I answer every question from Q&A effectively? Did I leave that speech confident, that I gave audiences the tools that if they wanted to better compete, to better sell, to better show up every day, they had the knowledge to do so. That's a win for me. A win for you if it's maybe your first competition. Maybe you signed up for a weekend CrossFit competition or a half marathon. A win for you may not be actually winning the competition. A win for you may be able to do every exercise, complete every single workout because it's your first event. And if you get a PR along the way, that's a win. For the half marathon, maybe it's I'm running my very first half marathon and my goal is to not walk and to finish under two hours. Those are the goals I've set. That's a win for me. So in order for us to have that win, we need to first identify what that win looks like. What is that win for us to doing our absolute best with the things that are within our control? Identify all the pieces, then identify what your win's going to look like. The third piece, I know... May sound a little woo-woo, and it used to for me until I understood the power of visualization. What happens in our brain when this is going on? And you guessed it, the third one is visualize a positive experience. Invest at least 15 minutes into visually going through your opportunity. Close your eyes, open your mind, and imagine every single detail of that moment. What that win is going to be like? What will it sound like? What are you going to feel like when it happens? How will you sound when presenting or selling or talking? Or how will you look when that barbell's moving? What will your audience look like? You visualize every aspect in a positive manner as if you're on your absolute A game. You're doing everything flawlessly well. Prepare for it so when it doesn't become a surprise when you do it that way in real life. See, our brains sometimes have a hard time of, of distinguishing reality and what's going on in our heads. And for us, the importance of visualization is to visualize that great outcome, that successful win over and over and over again in our head, because we want to reduce the nervousness of in the moment. We want to prepare our brain for the idea that we've been here, even if we haven't physically been there before. We've been there before in our mind. And so we're not surprised when we're in that moment and we've prepared for it. And then we perform like a champion. So identify all the pieces. Identify what your win looks like. Spend the time to visualize it. Give your brain that warm-up on this is what it's going to look like, feel like, sound like, this is how I'm going to perform it, this is how it's going to go. And then get your reps in. Practice, practice, practice. Just to give you an idea on something, anytime a client hires me to give a speech, I spend 15 to 20 hours preparing for that one hour on stage. This doesn't even include the hundreds of hours prior to this point that I've spent researching writing stories, speaking on other stages. This is just a 15 to 20 hours for that one talk. I had a client uh, just two weeks ago as I'm recording this. I spoke at his event. He got up and spoke uh, in front of everybody. It was his first time ever giving a speech. My client was addressing his team. He was super nervous going into it. And afterwards, we we were talking about it and kind of dissecting how he'd done. And he was asking me questions. And I said, client, that was the first time you've given this speech and you've probably, how many times did you rehearse? He's like, ah, oh, you know, I wrote down my notes here and there and, and walked through it a little bit, but like that was it. I said, okay, so you've given that speech once. You've told that story maybe twice if you practice writing your notes. I said, the difference between that and mine is that keynote alone, we'll say I've given a hundred times. The stories in it, I've told hundreds of times and that's on stages, That's not just when I'm at home practicing 5, 10, 15 hours for a keynote. So you look at that. We'll say I've done 500 hours or 5,000 hours practicing these stories. And you've done a couple, which means that's awesome. You started. You did the process. You did the first hour. Now, how can we improve the practice and rehearsal process for the next time? So the next time you give that speech, you've actually given it for 10 hours instead of two. The next time you step on that stage, you're working on your 11th hour because you've been rehearsing for it. See, that's what goes into it. For me, I discuss the client and their pain points. We talk about the goals for the talk, what they want their audience to feel like leaving. We, we essentially create what the win looks like. We've identified all the details, the event, the logistics, and then we talk about what does the win look like, just like we just talked about. I then review all my notes. I cross-reference all the content I've got, if there's content that I don't have that addresses something specifically, I go find it, I add it in, I then practice the talk in my office. Literally, my dogs, Sugar and Biscuit, will just sit on their dog beds like they're an entertained audience and watch me walk my office working on the content in chunks. The week prior to the event, I pull all the chunks together and start rehearsing the talk start to finish. The week of the event, I practice it more and then again in my hotel and then it's showtime. There's a reason when I step on stage that I'm not really nervous, but I'm excited because I look at it as an opportunity to impact. And most importantly, I remember the work I've put into this point. I've practiced to perform like a champion. Now all there's left to do is go perform like a champion. That's how you get your reps in over and over and over again. You find opportunities to practice your skills. You practice them. You know what the win's gonna look like and then you relentlessly work toward it. And then the last piece after all this, identifying all the pieces, identifying what a win looks like, visualizing that positive experience, practicing, practicing, practicing. The last piece is after the performance. We've talked about it before, about the importance of watching the post-game film, making notes. I record almost every one of my speaking engagements so that afterwards I can go back and watch three things. How was my delivery and how did I effectively use my voice? How was my staging and blocking? Were my movements intentional or did I kind of sway back and forth? And then how did my audience respond to the material? Not, hey, did they come up and say I did a great job? I don't really care about that because people are always going to say, oh, that was a great speech. What I care about are two things. One, how did their body language respond throughout my talk to things I said, jokes, serious stories? And then finally, afterwards, did they refer me to someone else? As a speaker, the best win is not, hey, man, that was a great speech. It's not the pat on the back. It's the, hey, that was a great speech. Can I introduce you to my company? Can I introduce you to so-and-so to go speak there? A referral is the most important win for the speaker. And so when I'm watching the post-game, I ask, how was my delivery? The things I practice on, did I hit those from a vocal standpoint? Did I hit them from a stage standpoint? And then finally, did I get an outcome that was positively beneficial? I make notes, I go through each and every talk, and then the next time I give a talk, I go back and review my notes. What do I need to improve on from last time? What did I do well? How do we double down on what I did well? And how do I course correct what I was off on? Unless we take the time to make notes after the performance, making like actual written notes, put them in Evernote, have them on a notepad, not just mentally trying to file it away, we can't really build on it. If you want to seize tomorrow's opportunities, you better be preparing for them today. You don't have to do it all, but you need to be doing something. If you want to be a champion, you've got to create time every single day to prepare like a champion. So what are you doing this week to prepare for your future moment? You don't need an hour, you just need 20 minutes of time. You need intentional focus. You need to identify everything that's going to go into it. You need to identify what that win's going to look like, and then you got to start getting your reps in. And then after you perform like a champion, because I believe you're going to do the work and perform like a champion, then you got to make notes afterwards so you can build on it the next week. Even the best in sports, understand, even after a blowout win, they're going to look back at game film and say, where was my footwork off? Where did I hit that pass that maybe next time I can lead the receiver a little bit better? They look for opportunities to improve, which is why they continue to remain champions. And so will you. Go in your day, competitor. I'm cheering for you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday podcast. To join the Morning Competitor Club, text COMPETE to 972-945-9113. And use the code PODCAST to get 15% off any order at competeeveryday.com anytime. Until next time, keep showing up, keep competing. I'm cheering for you, Editor.